Welcome to Everyday Witch, the podcast. Join head witches Tess and Nikki as we discuss our lives and invite you to embrace the magic. Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Everyday Witch, the podcast. How y'all doing out there? We're so excited to be back with you. I'm Tess. I'm Nikki. And we are the amazing witches that are bringing you this podcast. So today's episode will be all about the history of witches, a little about the different types and myths. So if you have any questions about anything we talk about, you can write in. Um, We're going to go ahead and get started with our normal uh, routine. And during our podcast in the beginning of the show, we like to set a little intention with our um, tinctures to drop in and just um, be before our tarot card pull. So, all right, everyone, take a deep breath and listen to the relaxing sounds of the tinctures. Okay, so today's card is the Two of Pentacles, which really represents finding a work-life balance and having healthy boundaries when it comes to your work so you can also have fun and experience the joy of life without letting your work overtake everything, which I definitely fucking feel. (laughs) That's like (laughs) my life right now. Yeah, same. So this week tried to work on having more boundaries and having more balance within those parameters. I feel like we can both learn from that. Yeah, I was gonna say, and it's okay to give yourself permission to rest. Like, it is okay to do nothing once in a while um, or to just go and experience and be. (laughs) So yeah, no, definitely better work-life balance. I I can relate. Mm Okay, so we will start off with a little history about witches, and then we will move on to some definitions about who identifies as what. Okay, so it's unclear exactly when witches came on the historical scene, and little was understood about healing and medicine in the ancient days. As Christianity spread across Europe, many clergy from the church felt very upset by the existence of these women who were healing others with medicine. As far as the church was concerned, all healing should be done strictly through men. Through them, sorry. Totally read that wrong, but it's kind of right. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's pretty accurate still. Okay. Um... There were many others who felt that if a person was sick or ill, it was God's punishment for a sin committed. Over time, the healers began to be initiated and accused of various things, including hearsay, being anti-Christian, and eventually devil worship. By the late 1400s, it was not enough to sniff out, find, and eventually question the witches about how they were practicing their craft. Religious sources were planting fear as well as hysteria into the minds of people that it ran rampant through many towns. Those accused were tried quickly and then were executed publicly as punishment. The publication in 1486 likely spurred witch mania to go viral. 
The book translated as The Hammer of Witches was essentially a guide on how to identify, hunt, and interrogate witches. The book labeled witchcraft as hearsay and quickly became the authority for Catholics trying to flush out witches living among them. For more than 100 years, the book sold more copies of any other book in Europe except the Bible. That kind of covers everything about witchcraft, including Europe. And then this is more specific to the Salem witch trials in America that we all know about and what we really think of when we think of the witch trials. So the witch, Salem witch trials began when a nine-year-old Elizabeth Paris and 11-year-old Abigail Williams began suffering from fits, body contortions, and uncontrolled screaming. As more young women began to exhibit symptoms, mass hysteria ensued, and three women were accused of witchcraft. Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Vita, who was an enslaved woman owned by Paris's father. She confessed to being a witch and began accusing others of using black magic. On June 10th, Bridget Bishop became the first accused witch to be put to death during the Salem witch trials when she was hanged at the Salem gallows. The situation soon reached epic proportions when it was no longer necessary for a person to be practicing rudimentary medicine or other such activities to be accused. It seemed that just about anything out of the ordinary could get you into trouble. A series of unfortunate events could be blamed on an evil spell or witchcraft. Events such as illness, stillbirth, or miscarriage were often blamed on witches. Many women were brought up on charges of witchcraft and were ultimately executed, usually by being burned alive while tied to a stake or by hanging. The events in Salem led to nearly 200 people being accused of being witches, both in Salem and some outlying areas. Many people were eventually hanged for their crime, while several others died awaiting their trials. By late 1692, the trials were eventually called to an end and any of the remaining accused were pardoned. Even though the trials ended, the idea of maintaining religious control over the general population through scare tactics remained. That's basically the history, which I thought was really interesting. I actually thought more people died in Salem. Yeah, I did too, actually. It's really interesting um, as well because they say I was when I was doing my research, they were talking about how cunning people or... Mm-hmm people that we would consider today to be more perceptive of people's behavioral traits, those people were often, um, they would deflect from themselves by pointing people in the wrong direction. And then also too, that like torture was technically illegal, but that's how they were getting people to confess and like how they tortured one person could lead to like 15 or 16 people being brought in on charges because of you know, right. the extent of the torture that was being dealt out uh, against these people. You know, these people, like this actually happened to them and it, and it didn't happen, it spread all the way from Europe into, the, into America and it was just a worldwide phenomenon um, of just people accusing people left and right and it wasn't just women either, mm -hmm. which was interesting, that's one of my, yeah, my yeah, myths, yeah. actually. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I also wrote a few things about the image of the witch. So, like, why do people, when they think of a witch, think of, you know, someone flying on a broomstick and all, all that stuff. So witches were often retold as being old and ugly beings because evil was considered to be ugly. The bubbling cauldron that we associate with witches stems from the large pot that potions and remedies were made in by the earthly healers. Early witches did carry brooms that were used to cleanse an area or room before a healing ritual could be performed in it. The word witch is actually derived from the word wicca, meaning wise one. So that's a little little tidbit of information. There's so many little... There's so much information we could probably make like a five-hour-long podcast about like all of the little different, yeah. different things and pieces. Um, there's a lot. If you're interested in any of our sources of where we uh, cited our information from, also do email us, and we'll be happy to provide um, where we sourced our material from so you can do your own uh, in-depth research if there's a particular subject you're looking to learn more about on. Yeah, and my sources for the history part was history.com, Halloween Express, and the Westport Library. Well, I'm going to go ahead and talk about um, a few different terms. Like, so... As witchcraft is gaining gaining steam amongst the younger population of um, people, and also too, um, we're in a state of distress um, around the world, and um, during times of upheaval against uh, the higher patriarchal system, you see a lot more people turning to the occult um, to find answers, or to maybe just to band together to find a common place where opinions go out the window in fact and becomes more of of the thing like the right thing to do versus like what your opinion is um so <clears throat> i thought that was a very interesting little tidbit when i was doing my research so i wanted to discuss like what is paganism and what is um wicca um so wicca is a branch on the tree of paganism um, and it was actually um, more focused on religion that can be traced back back to 1950s England. So it is a rather new practice of the, the craft. And um, Wicca, whose followers are known as Wiccans, is a spiritual and nature-focused religion that can be traced back to the name Gerard Brusson Gardner. He wrote a book in 1954 called Witchcraft Today and started a movement based on pre-Christian traditions that study five elements and follow the rule of three. Um, so they also focus on um, magic, the respect of nature, and they worship a god um, or goddess. And so they're more focused on like a one deity style practice where um in paganism paganism has been around a lot longer obviously than the wicca practice um and not everybody who is wicca practices mat like witchcraft and not everybody who practices witchcraft is wiccan so there i want to make that very very clear yeah a lot of people are confused i think about that like maybe people who don't know anything about witchcraft or anything of that realm because in a lot of movies and TV shows they'll call it oh you're a Wicca or they'll refer to Wicca a lot but most of the time people who consider themselves 
witches or who practice witchcraft don't consider themselves Wiccas because it's a whole religion and there's there's a lot of differences. So I think it's important that people understand the distinction because there is one, but most most of the time it isn't thought of that way. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's the, a lot of the common misconceptions, right, with like, with the fact that even horror movies de- depicting mm-hmm. witches as eating children and like stealing souls right. and like, you know, all of those types of misconceptions as well. So um, just wanted to really make sure that you know, we touch on the fact that there are, and there's different types of witches as well, which we'll probably do a whole episode on. And like, I'm an eclectic witch. I pull from all different sources of magic. And then there's people whose specialties are like kitchen witchery. And then there's hearth magic. And there's all different like realms of witchcraft that you can bring into your practices or associate yourself with as well. But that's a whole different subject. So to get back to what we were talking about, Paganism is a religious movement that encompasses traditions that are generally earth-centered, recognizing both male and female deities where you can also practice worshiping more than one deity at a time, or you can choose to worship one during practice. It just depends on what you're working on. Um, And they work with four elements as well. While encouraging diversity in spiritual beliefs, practices, and lifestyles, originating from the Latin word pragnus, those of the earth. So it was really rooted in the beginning to talk about indigenous people who had ties to the lands in that geographical area. And then as time went on, it evolved into this more term of the, of the earth and then um, also focusing on Wiccanism and Wiccan. Wiccan is a branch or a sect on this huge, entire, diverse tree of the paganism history as it's gone on through all of time um, across continents, like from Europe to America as well. Um, So that was kind of of interesting. I did a lot of those searchings from dictionary.com and llewellyn.com backslash encyclopedia. Um, Llewellyn is an an absolutely amazing source for any type of... um, research material publishers that I really connected with when I was in herbalism school. So they, they hold a, a place near and dear to my heart. Um, but then also, too, there's also different types of the way that witches um, practice witchcraft as well. Um, so, like, for me, I, I would guess I would say I'm a coven fluid witch, I guess. I'm very choosy about who I practice my magic with. So there is such things as being a solitary practitioner, which in modern paganism is a person who practices witchcraft by themselves. And solitary witches choose to practice solo, either out of necessity to keep their practices private or due to not having other witches in the area to practice with. And they typically learn their craft from sources such as books, um, online education, Um, It's a lot more of a um, personal endeavor of where you learn from. Like I've read books on Wiccan magic and I've read books on, you know, herbalism that tie into natural um, remedies that also have a tie into paganism. And so there is all different ways to learn about um, the craft where when you study in a coven, which is what most people think witches do, um, is when you study in a group of different practitioners, traditionally composed of 13, um, which is the the 
like the big grand number, which is when you're looking for a full coven, it's 13. Or it can be up to fewer people. Like I practice with my friend um, quite often, just the two of us. Um, so it can also just be um, you and another person, but it's typically referred to coven practices is when it's you and more people than just yourself. Um, so the, those are just a few of the um, different sects of how to, of, I guess, yeah. practicing. And you don't have to only be one. Like, you no. can practice in a coven, but you mostly be a solitary witch, and it's totally fine. It doesn't mean that when you label yourself something or identify as something, you, can, you can't go and try something new. Recognize that there are different different ways of practicing and it's very personal like I said I I like I said I'm a coven fluid fluid which yeah. is what I get you know like I I don't mind practicing with other people as long as their energy is paired and matched the same as mine our intentions are clear about what we're going to be doing um though you know that our intentions are good those types of things um but I typically tend to stick more to practicing by myself but talking to others about my craft and learning from them in in those aspects um so you know that's really a personal question like would I feel more comfortable practicing with others or practicing alone or do I want to try a little bit of both there's no reason why you can't uh dabble yes I agree and I feel the same way with how I practice and also, like, all I'm trying to say is you don't have to, like, pick and choose or feel like you're not a good enough witch if you aren't sure which one you are. It's just a way of identifying things. It doesn't mean that you have to be one or the other. Well, and you can think about it, like, as a trade, right? Like, let's say you really, really, really resonate with the green witch, green witchery. Right. That gives you an opportunity to follow this, like, passion that, like, was ignited the spark, right? Like, for me, I'm reading a hearth magic book right now, and I'm like, whoa, that really resonates a lot. But it's, but then I also read, um, I'm also reading a kitchen witch book right now. I'm crazy. I read, like, five books at a time. You can ask us, like... I'm pretty crazy like that. But like so I'm pulling from I'm pulling from that because I have an obsession with like baking shows and cooking and so like it's really cool though to see how each little thing excites this passion then you choose like it's like pick your own adventure book like oh I'm going to yeah. really practice on like I want to know more about baking breads and how I can infuse magic into this type of you know thing that I'm cooking this particular dessert. It's like I love simmer pops. They're one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um so that's another thing as well. Like, it's just there to be a caveat to get you excited or, like, find, you know, like, your niche. Or you can be like me, who's like, I want to learn about it. Oh, can Well, you yeah, and that's something I tell people all the time whenever someone asks me, like, well, how do I start? Or where do I start? Or, like, what do I do? And it's like, you don't have to know everything. If you're interested, just read what you're interested about or maybe learn some basic things but it's okay if you don't know everything I feel like there's so much pressure on people to learn everything and know everything and feel like they're <laughs> like knowledgeable in every single subject so if they're in conversation and something comes up they'll know what the other person's talking about instead of just saying that's not my area I'm not I don't really know what you're talking about yeah. you know which I say all the time like astrology not my area I 
know certain things about astrology, but I'm not super into it where I can tell you your birth chart and all that information. There are other people who are very educated on that, and I think that's great, but that's their area. Just like not everyone's super educated in tarot, which is totally fine, but I love tarot, and that's something I'm super passionate about. Just like you're really passionate about herbalism, and you know all about herbs and everything. Most people don't. So it's like just find what you're passionate about, and you don't have to know everything. Like not everyone knows every single thing about crystals. That's fine. That doesn't make you any less of a witch or any less spiritual than anyone else. Yeah. Don't, I mean, I know for a long time, speaking of that, I like, I struggled, I struggled with that. Even, even in my career, like it wasn't until my best friend really pushed me to like tell people like, you're trained. You went through an entire year of schooling and you've been studying on your own for five years. Like, you know what you're doing. You're allowed to say this. So it's, it's okay too to feel lost and to ask people questions. Like I know for me, um, I was really, really interested in the moon for a while. And I wanted to know more about that because from a young child, that's where I remember doing my most deep contemplating and thinking was always laying under the moon, especially the big bright full moons. So I found an author named Lisa Chamberlain. She does a lot with like Wiccan, um, writing, uh, like herbalism and that kind of stuff. But I love her moon magic book. And it was like 80 pages, super simple to read, mm -hmm. really gave me a better understanding about how to work my the ebb and flow of the new moon, the full moon. And it really resonated with me. And I actually have like, I want her entire series. Like I love her that much. Um, but I took what resonated with me and left what didn't. But for me, it was, it gave me a baseline of understanding. Oh, okay this gives me this information. So find a book that interests you, order it. Worst case scenario, you know, you trade it in, you get a different book. And then just start that way and see who, who resonates with you. Yes, I totally agree. And it is weird to be like, I'm an expert at this. Like even still today, like I, the other day when I was doing a reading for someone, they were like, how did you become such an expert at this? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Don't put that on me. What? Don't put that on me. <laughs> like, Thank you. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know that I am and I'm very knowledgeable, but just to hear someone else be like, how are you such an expert was so weird. Like, it was so bizarre. But <laughs> I mean, it was really nice, you know, but it's so weird when you don't think of yourself that way because I'm always trying to learn more so I never feel like I'm an expert because I feel like once you think you're an expert you stop trying to learn yeah and you stop expanding well no I get what you're saying because that's the same way when people come to my booth and I talk to them about skincare and stuff and they're like you're so knowledgeable and I'm like you have all this memorized I'm like yeah yeah I do I'm like but I'm always learning and I'm always growing but it's it's really nice um, to be recognized for your expertise or because it does take a lot of time and effort and emotion and all of the, the things to really become educated in, in, in your craft and what you're doing. Um, but it is, it is also a little like, don't, don't put that on me. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say I'm exactly an expert, but that's what we're working towards. Big business, big yeah. expert status, you know? I Definitely. mean, it's like I know that I am, but at the same time, I would never say it. I don't know what's weird, but 
Anyways, I don't, that's, I don't that's, remember. That's because, that's because we're, we were just talking about how we, we try to be humble about, like, the, our accomplishments, even though we want to, like, tell everyone about them because we're super proud. But, like, it is... We don't want to come, you know, sometimes... You never want to come across as, like, an asshole. Yeah, like, no. Like, there's a better word for it, but, like... Or, like, pretentious. pretentious. Like, like, we were literally just talking about this <laughs> we with were. my followers. But, like... And I fucking hate that on Instagram. Like, I don't want to be seen as an influencer or anything like that. But, like, it's so pretentious if someone's like, oh, well, I have this many followers. Like, I would be so annoyed... <laughs> See, where I'm the opposite, where I'm like, woo, baby, I got 3,400 followers in my first year. Oh, uh, what? Uh, uh, uh. But, but, that's, <laughs> but, but I also am not at Tessa's status yet either. And when I get to her status, I'd probably be just as humbled too. <laughs> but the, I think it's more so because I don't want anyone to feel like I'm making them feel bad. Because if I tell them, like, oh, you have 4,000, I have this many. And it, like... That would seem shitty, even if I'm not trying to be shitty, because I totally understand how long it takes. It took me such a long time to get that many followers, and I would never, ever be like, oh, you you have, have no idea what you're doing, because it, it takes a really long time, and a lot of people don't understand, unless you're, like, buying followers. It takes years to get a following. It does. Oh, I mean... The fact that I got 3,400 followers in a little over a year was actually quite incredible. But in the beginning, when I first first started Copper Crescent, I was recovering from a major surgery. And I just got on Instagram and basically learned how to work the algorithm to the best of my knowledge. And that's how I ended up gaining so many followers in the beginning. And now I'm learning that I did it okay, but I could have done it better. But um, know that what no matter how many followers you have, what you are doing is relevant and it matters. And, um, but we were just literally talking about how we, yeah, we don't want to come off as assholes because we, we think we're just amazing. We did a we are. to t- turn into like an Instagram podcast. Yes, no, yeah. <laughs> we could, um, but... but... But we digress. I mean, we, I mean, we did tell you we keep it to an hour, an hour and a half. So um, we'll get back on track with our... <laughs> Our myths and misconceptions, because that's some of the things we will be discussing um, periodically throughout our podcast adventures. Yes. Um, All right, do you want me to start with a few myths, and then do you have some? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, All right, so for me, one myth is that, like, people who practice witchcraft also practice Satanism or are Satanists. Which I just want to first say that, like, I have nothing against Satanists. I went to SatanCon as a vendor, and I think everything they do for the community is really awesome. I'm not saying anything negative towards Satanists right now. I think that everything they do politically is really amazing, especially in regards to abortion rights. So just just say, saying that, putting that out there. Okay. <laughs> so... Witches are not the devil's handmaids like they used to always accuse them of, and many do not even believe in the existence of hell. There is nothing satanic in witchcraft, and although television and movies make you believe this, it's essential to understanding the difference between actual witchcraft and fiction, which I 100% agree with. I don't 
really believe in the devil or hell or anything along those lines and you don't have to to be a witch like you don't have that's the whole point it's not really religion you know I mean I think it's really I mean I've studied world religion and all different types of religions and things like that and so but it is it is a misconception like Mm -hmm. especially like practical magic which we'll do a whole entire episode about all kinds of goodies on uh witchcraft and um modern television but um even she says it in there you know he's not in the craft you know that's not in the craft so um it's just the same thing like jesus you know not saying that there's anything wrong with people who believe in jesus and we're not trying to do anything like that here but it's but it's it's over explained maybe we're like we're not trying to do we want to we want to go back no no it's fine (laughs) Um, I'm just saying, like, maybe we don't need to put a disclaimer in because people who might not be listening to this podcast. (laughs) Maybe not, yeah. We just want to make sure we're not offending anybody. I mean, like, we're just literally talking about our opinions and what we see as synchronicities or what we see as myths and misconceptions. Like, you know, like, I don't necessarily believe, like, God and Jesus are one person. I never really understood that. You know, like, so that could be a misconception on my end from other religions so we just want there you guys to understand that like that was something that was basically brought with the mass hysteria and that would that was linked to those ties because Mm -hmm. at the time there was forward christian beliefs taking over indigenous people's religions and ties to their deities in those areas and so that's how they were gripping people in was with the threat of punishment of going to hell and being punished by the devil and that was kind of how that tied to to come right because as a person practicing something other than christian beliefs you were seen as a threat to the church well it was basically if you don't believe in the same things we do then you're evil and therefore Mm -hmm. you must be like worshiping the devil or something which i don't think has changed that much yeah i think society is still somewhat in that mindset about a lot of things which, which is hard. Well, I mean, it's it's difficult because you know, it, people are allowed to to worship whatever they want to worship, right? Like, I mean, fuck the spaghetti noodle is a thing, and I think that's cool. People want to believe in spaghetti noodles. Awesome. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. The, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Noodle. I've literally You've never, never heard, heard of that. No. Oh my god, I'm googling it right now. <laughs> yeah. I thought you just made some shit up right now. I was like. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, the spaghetti monster. The Church of the Flying Spaghetti I've Monster. I've literally never fucking heard about that. Yeah, it's the deity of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster or Pasta Farmazina. I probably pronounced that wrong. A social movement that promotes a lighthearted view of religion. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's their I'm actually watching a show right now on Hulu called Under the Banner of Heaven. which is, like, all about Mormon religion. And I find it extremely interesting because it's really hard to know a lot about their religion, you know? But it goes really in-depth and kind of gives you a really good understanding about, like, what they believe and just their household and everything. And I find it fascinating. And it's a really good watch. Like, it's really, really well done. I'll have to watch that one, yeah. I, I mean, I in high school, I mean, I'm only two credits shy of a humanities degree because I just found humanities to be so interesting. And it was 
when I did my, I did a, a class called Magic Witchcraft and Healing, which actually was like two seconds about the Salem Witch Trials, and it was more about um, like indigenous religions um, and their practices like that are still being practiced into today. Um, and then I also took a class that was the world of history of religions. And it was super fascinating that no matter if you were an Aborigine on an island praying to your local deities to mass religion like Christianity, Catholicism, um, any of those types of religions, even all the way to like Judaism and even uh, like Taoism, Buddhism, there was always a central belief that we live in this middle plane and that there is above above us is good like and, and below us is bad and I always thought that was just so interesting that it spanned across so many religious beliefs but yet we're always so at war with each other when when like in reality we all basically believe the same thing to a certain extent yeah I mean for me I'm like I'm I'm more of like energy yeah you know um that kind of stuff like where we go when we die I don't know I've been thinking about that a lot lately which is morbid to think about but like it's you know like do am I gonna get reincarnated like did I choose to come back to this life like because I feel like I'm here breaking a lot of ancestral bonds and like really trying to heal trauma from like past things like but then I also know that from mediums I've been told I'm gonna live to be very very old and that my soul is as old as earth's creation so it's like have i been asking for this constantly you know so it's very I really interesting try not to think about it <laughs> i guess as i'm getting older i think about and it like, more and more i used to think about reincarnation but like at the same time it's like if i like asked to be brought back into this fucking world <laughs> that's what i was thinking like why the fuck would i do that to myself again i don't know but like <laughs> I, I I don't think anyone will ever know until you know. And it's just like, the, I think the fear of the unknown is what creates so many different beliefs and so many different um, ideas about what is the right thing because people want an answer. And the truth is you're never going to get an answer. No one knows. And no. the people who do know aren't here to tell you. Right. It's it's just like, it is what it is. The, have you seen Lucifer? The TV show? Yeah. Uh, up to like just last season. <laughs> no, I'm asking if you've seen The Devil. <laughs> yeah, all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, I've seen Lucifer. Man, is he hot. Okay. I, Anyways. <laughs> I, if there was a hell, I think it's how they're depicted in that show. I think how they depict it in Lucifer is like the perfect way to show hell because it's like the own person's guilt. Right. Right. I did. I When they, when I heard their depiction of it I thought that that was a really well it almost kind of goes in line you've seen Supernatural right mm -hmm. I'm a huge Supernatural fan and I liked I thought that their version of heaven was the same way it was everyone's right. own little version of their per, like best, best or happiness yeah. or whatever like their perfect happiness and then there were certain people anyways um, and I, so, yeah. this, so the same thing I could go on about Supernatural but um same thing, same concept. Like, right. it, it's that their own guilt, which is they're relieving over and over again. And then, wasn't it if they break this? If they, they stop feeling guilty, guilty about it, they then, can move on. Right. Yeah. But it's like because there's, they feel bad about it. They, that's the only reason they went to hell is because they felt like they deserved to be there. Right. Which yep. is, I think, so true on so many levels for a lot of things. Like, no one is doing anything to you, you're doing it to yourself. No, yeah, we're our own worst enemy sometimes. I mean, even today, 
my anxiety was up. I was just feeling this, like, talking shit to myself in my head. And I was like, in my head, I was like, stop it. Stop it right now. Yeah. Don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare do that. Yeah. But it is, it's very, um, it's very interesting, though, that um, just because we, certain people's beliefs, like, not believing in heaven or hell or God or the devil, that we're just as persecuted as everyone else, but yet, you know, don't persecute me, but then they can persecute us, which I just, which is very, very interesting. But it is, it is a lot to do with storytelling and things like that. And I would assume that it's better, it's easier for people to make somebody the bad guy, right? Yeah. In the story. Well, you always need a good guy and you always need <laughs> a bad guy. Right. any story. And with any story. Yeah. Yeah, so... Do you have a myth? I do. <laughs> um, I thought what was really interesting, we'll, we'll go into this one, into this myth first. So um, I got this source, historyextra.com, um, which I thought was really kind of a cool the source. The misconception that all witches were burned at the stake. And that actually isn't, like, true. Um, typically, when you think of the witch trials... Um, you would most automatically think of, you know, people saying, burn her! But the punishment for witchcraft varied from country to country. Like in Scotland, burning witches was common, but in most cases, the victims were strangled or suffocated before being put on the pyre. So it was actually rare to be burned alive. Um, in England, hanging was the preferred punishment. Um, and then there were also other forms of execution, either by death by sword or another gruesome one called Breaking the Wheel, where victims were tied to a cartwheel and then beaten to death. Um, or, you know, quartered and lambed, you know. So there's lots of different ways, but most typically people tend to think of burning. Mm -hmm. um, so I just thought that was very... And I think, once again, that's because of, like, movies and TV shows, they always show them getting burned at the stake. Right. And which is a except... In Practical Magic in the beginning, because she was going to get hung, so it makes you think, wonder if that was in early pre-England. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, they were pretty fucking brutal back then. Like. Yes, well, I mean, they tortured them in order to get confessions that they were witches, so... Oh, Monty Python. Does she float? Remember yes. Remember witches that... If yeah, you, yeah. If you're a Basically witch. a no-win situation. Yeah. Where if they float, if they... Threw them in with, was it like stones or they just bound their hands and feet? Hands and feet. And if you floated to the top, you were considered a witch. But nobody fucking sinks to the bottom of a river without cement shoes. I mean, I should know Italian. I'm just kidding. Right. But if you if you managed to survive. They still hung you anyways. <laughs> then you were like, <laughs> oh, she's definitely a witch. Yeah. Like you would literally die no matter what. Yeah, you were just screwed. But I thought that was a really interesting I never really thought about that much about the different forms of, of, torture. of torture and punishment. Well, and then to find out that like, cause the very first one he talks about is, um, was, was torturing, which is illegal in England, which I thought was very interesting and it mm -hmm. wasn't. Um, okay. So one of my myths is that people, a lot of people believe that magic is either good or bad, like black or white, but Magic is just a tool. It's not either good or evil. It just depends on how you use it and how you're acting. So everyone has, like, you know, angry emotions, and if you act on those angry emotions, it might not hurt you or hurt other people. 
but that doesn't mean that you're like using black magic or doing something evil. It just means that your emotions were not in a good place at the time. Yeah, and they also um, say that too, like when you're practicing, you want to make sure that your intentions are good and that you're in a good headspace or otherwise it could come back and be not, you know, bounce back not well or um, mm -hmm. could have some repercussions. But I thought something that was interesting to go off of that was um, witches are, we're human, and we, we run off the same basis of human emotion, whether we're acting out of good or selfish regions or from a heartfelt space, you know, those types of things. Like, we're all emotional beings and um, that it's neither good or bad. Now, it doesn't say that there aren't people out there who do focus their attention into negativity and to causing harm to others. I mean, but I think that's, again, a human... A human reaction. Trait, a reaction, yes, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. so, I mean, just like with words, we give words power because we believe in them or we because we give them power, those types of things. So, like, depending on where you focus your energy, it could really affect, like, your intention. Are we good with the myths? Yeah. Um, oh, wait, wait, I got one more. Hold on, guys, because we're about to sign off here. But last but not least... My, um, I got this from amc.com, not the movie theater website. Um, <laughs> and um, it was that wi all witches are female. Um, it, during the medieval times, the term witch was used to describe female practitioners, while male practitioners were frequently referred to as sorcerers or magi magicians. But with that being said, both men and women were accused and convicted of witchcraft and executed during the hysteria. So um, now as a modern practice, it, which is a more encompassing term for anyone, no matter how you relate what your pronouns are, anyone can... Yes, which is a gender-neutral term. Yes. And, and, but I think that when you think of it back then or the Salem witch trials, you mostly only think of women being accused and not men. Well, and I think a lot of that plays with the fact that a lot of the women were the ones who were handling the, the homes and they were handling the sickness and they were handling the birthing of the babies and they were they were really the ones that society relied on um, in the beginning. And so I think it was easy it was easy to just assume that it was just all women, but it wasn't. There were a lot of men that were also accused and convicted and executed, um, which just goes to show you that um, no one's really safe when mm -hmm. times of hysteria happen. Do you want to do the uh, something magical? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was working on a new project for my website, um, which will be dropping here in the next two weeks. Um, keep an eye out at Copper Crescent for more details. Um, and this beautiful bird, like out of nowhere, just flew up to me, like super close, landed on the little rock I was using. And then he like flitted and landed on another thing. And just, I was like talking to him, I'm like, hi how are you doing? And he was chirping back at me and like wiggling his little butt and showing himself off. And like, I was, I've been really missing like my grandmother and my uncle Mike a lot lately. And, um, I just really felt that when I, when I felt that bird, I felt like they were there with me and it just reassured me that everything I'm doing is moving forward in the right direction. So that was just very, very magical this That's morning. Nice. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. How about for you?
Okay, well, I'm going to sort of cheat and do something from a while ago. <laughs> that but is, it, that's gay. It counts because it still has to do with this podcast. But, like, I've just been feeling really fucking down this week because of everything that's going on in the news, in, like, social media. And it's just so hard to turn it off. Like, I cannot 24-7 be listening to the fucking horrors that happened and the fact that nothing's going to change nothing's going to you know nothing's going to change and it's just going to keep happening and it's so fucking depressing and then I feel bad that I think that like don't you're not the only one like that I am like oh well I can just turn my phone off and I'm not going to do anything about it but anyways (laughs) my uh my my magical thing (laughs) Is uh, the night I met you. Oh. Because when I really think about it, like, that was so kind of random. It was. It was that was really the random. first time I ever did a market at Snore Moon. And, like, I told you at the time, I was so over doing markets. I was in a really, like, negative headspace of, like, fuck this. I'm so over it. I'm so done. And I just happened to be behind you. And we just happened to talk. And we just... Yeah, because I offered you an umbrella because you had no tent and the sun was, like, blaring on you. And I was like, do you want to borrow my umbrella? Yes. <laughs> and, and because I was, like, so over it that I didn't bring a tent because I was like, fuck this. You know what I mean? And, like, so anyways. And then when I came and dropped stuff off and we talked for, like, five hours or whatever. But you really, like made me feel energized again at that time and now we're doing all this together and I just feel like it was such a meant to be moment Aww, you're gonna make me cry it I, was so <laughs> random it was so random was, that we happened to be at the same place at the same I mean now we do markets together all the time but I never met you before then yeah no I had never met you uh, well I mean well and that was for me that was I think the second market I would had because I had done the spooky shops gothic western there and that was the second market I had done mm-hmm. and I had just caught I had just got into into vending because I started vending in January and I think we met in it was March hot. whenever it was it was hot yeah I I we met that. in like March or something like that and then um and then I remember you telling me about Witchcrafted and what yeah. an amazing community. I'm so blessed to be a part of it and that hang and meet everybody and all the amazing people. And um, But it was just such a random... Like, I remember you came and bought a dream pillow from me. And then I bought a tea from you. Yeah. And then, like, I'm like, yeah, let's stay in touch. And then, and then who, shit, what, it's been, like, six months. And now, like, we hang out all the time. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. Doesn't it feel, like, so much longer? It does. It like, does. It feels like that happened like two years ago. Yeah, I know it's weird. It's but really also, weird. this fucking year is going by so fast. Like it's already fucking June. I know, but like also think of everything that we've done in the short amount of time yeah, we've known each other. Like true. I feel like I've known you so much longer, but like we've designed all your labels and everything, and now we fucking started a podcast and we have other stuff lined up to do, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and we were gonna do it. You know what I mean? Like. There's so much shit that we've done, 
And also, we hang out just like we. I mean, it's not like we don't ever just have fun together. Make it sound like no, every time we, we're together, we're like doing, we're working on. We stuff. are workaholics, but we do have fun. We do. We're going. We're going tonight to go see the paranormal the circus. Uh, circus. Yes. So we'll we'll elaborate and let you guys know how that is. Yeah. I'm super stoked about it. But I know. I heard it's like really really cool. So yeah, I'm excited. I heard it's really neat too. But no, it, thank you. That really means a lot because I feel like you really helped me in so many ways and like it's just so amazing that just and what a small world like how vending can really bring people together like and the ability that we have had to to be able to do so many things together in such a short span of time because we're just like both type a personalities and we're like get it done (laughs) yes because like when I say like oh what that's the thing and I think that's why we work so well together though is because I was like you know what would be cool is like if we did a podcast together and then you're like, all right, let's go. And then I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. Like, we got this now. Well, like, what are we going to call it? What are we going to do? How are we going to market it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, dude, you guys, you got to stay in touch because, and like, there's so many fun things we got planned coming up. Um, we're finalizing some details before we make some announcements. But definitely... Um, so many cool things, so many opportunities to come and learn as well, not just listening to us mm-hmm. bullshit about things. <laughs> I mean, if you want to come hang out and listen to us bullshit about things, let us know. Let us know. We'll make it happen, <laughs> that's for sure. But um, thank you guys so much for joining us on our second episode of uh, the Everyday Witch Podcast. Yes, and remember, you can always write in if you want to let us know how you discovered magic, something magical that happened to you. Just write into the Everyday Witch Pod at Gmail, and or if there's anything else you'd like us to discuss further, just let us know. Ooh, and recipes or show suggestions, movies, um, anything that has to do that with witchcraft and or even just day to day life that you are interested in, um, we're we're not shy. So we'll definitely uh, talk about all sorts of things, including taboo subjects, even if it is uncomfortable. We we don't mind breaching the subject. I think they know that by the second episode. Probably by now. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.